0: to the Cougar Tailgate, where
1: BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McLean.
0: What's up, friends? Lauren McLean here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we have coming up on the show today. BYU Women's Golf's Alicia Mateo chats with us about her spring season and what it's like going from sunny Hawaii to snowy Utah. Plus, women's basketball's head coach Amber Whiting joins us to talk about the highs and lows of her first season at the helm and where they go from here. But first, both the men's and women's teams have one more regular season game before the WCC tournament time. What's the importance of this final game in the Marriott Center? Cleon, real quick, we've been buried knee-deep in snow this week. Uh, What did you do for your snow day activities?
1: I didn't go sledding, nor did I go skiing. I did shoveling and and more shoveling and
2: even more (laughs) shoveling.
1: Oh, but I did get out of coming to work, so uh, I got to work from home one day. That was exciting. Yeah, man, I wow. Sound that, that
0: sounds that sounds really really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> no, we were basically snowed in at my house as well. It was it was nuts. It took my eighty year old neighbor coming over to help me even get out of my driveway. So, uh, yeah, the snow's been insane. Uh, but there's something even more insane, and uh, that's the BYU men's team <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming wow. into their last regular season game. How about that transition? Wow. Now the, the men's team takes on San Francisco for senior night, and it's their last regular season game. Gideon George and Rudy Williams are the only two being honored that night. What impact, Glenn, have they had on this year's Cougar squad, in your opinion?
1: You know, I, I've always liked Gideon because he's a hustle guy. I love his story, yeah. too, coming from Africa to play J.C. ball to coming to play at BYU. He's a hustle guy. He's a glue guy. He's a guy you want on your team because he's going to give you everything. He's never going to be the main option on offense. He just doesn't quite have that skill set yet. But he's a guy you can always rely on. So I, I love Gideon George. It will be sad to see him leave. Uh, I got to talk to Rudy Williams for our radio pregame show for Saturday. Uh, he's truly a pleasure to talk to, and he's quite the competitor. I've watched him in practice enough times that he he likes calling guys out and he likes talking smack. But, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say about Rudy is he took going to the bench well, and he's been valuable from the, for them there. Uh, I'm going to miss him because he's the one guy who can break down players off the dribble, and I wish we had one more season with him.
0: I agree. Rudy's been fantastic off the bench for BYU, and he really does have a great attitude and a great personality. He's the guy you can count on to make the play when you need it. He knows how to drive to the basket and make plays on his own, and I feel like that is actually one of the things that the team has been lacking more of for this season. Uh, He was a great pickup out of Coastal Carolina for the Cougars. Gideon George, he's been a little less consistent offensively lately, but He's been a staple on the team for the last couple of years. He brings energy, like you said, great athleticism. And I just love what he's done off the court with his foundation and uh, just a great representative of Brigham Young University and everything he does, uh, even not being a member of the church. So I wish those two the best of luck. I I hope they can finish out this season really strong. Cleon, what would you like to see, speaking of, out of this game against San Francisco, preparing for the WCC tournament?
1: I think first and foremost, Lauren, I just want to see a win in any form or fashion. They've been on a losing streak, and it feels like they just can't get a, out of the way of themselves or the good teams they're playing. So anything positive going to the WCC tournament? You, you know, a blowout victory would be nice just because it's a guaranteed win. On the other hand, will that really be good for them going into the WCC tourney? I, I think they need to face a little <laughs> adversity uh, and then get the win. Um you know, to show that they can win when there's pressure involved because they've had a problem with that so far this season. I, I know that sounds a little bit weird. I know you want them to get a victory, but maybe it would help their psyche, psyche to know that they face that adversity and they got to win. And they're like, "Hey, we can do this again." Uh, San Francisco's not going to be a pushover. They're not the bullies of the conference, but they're pretty good. I think more than anything, I just want to see the team win for Rudy and Gideon so they can end their Marriott Center career with a victory.
0: I agree with you. Uh, San Francisco isn't that great of a team BYU is in seventh place while the Don's are in fifth. Uh, but they're just a game apart. They lost BYU lost to San Francisco by eight. The first time around BYU just needs to prove they can beat this team handily. In my opinion, before it's grind time in the WCC tournament, they, they, they have had a lot of adversity already this season. In my opinion, they, man, they've, they've had every different type of scenario, but you're right. They have not been able to close out games. Um, so I I think for this last game before heading into the tourney, let's win it. Let's win it handily and uh prove you can you can do that and beat any team, which they have. They just, oh man, it's just a crazy team, Cleon. I I don't even know where you begin and end with this team because they've been all over the place this season. But yeah, I I would love for the seniors to get one last win in the Marriott Center. The women's team takes on top seed Gonzaga at home. Does this team need to beat Gonzaga to have enough firepower going into the WCC?
1: Yes, I think. I don't know. This is an interesting team because the top two teams are very clear. It's Portland and it's Gonzaga. Those are your top two teams right there. Mm -hmm. It Mm -hmm. would really help. Again, if we're talking about Psyche, it would really help BYU Psyche if they could beat Gonzaga going into the West Coast Conference Tournament showing, you know what, we're pretty good too. I think, though, if they're going to do that, they're going to have to ugly the game up against the Zags. They're going to have to play (laughs) tough defense against them. They might need to slow it down. Right now, they only have a 7-8 to person rotation for the women's team. And they need to find someone who can score outside of Lauren Gustin consistently because... She's going to be double-teamed the entire yeah. game. This might be an ugly one where it's in the 40s or 50s, but if they can do that and pull out the victory, that's got to help you, you know, going into that WCC tournament thinking, you know what? I think we can win this thing.
0: Well, it's crazy about Lauren Gussen is every team knows that she's the main scorer and she's the main rebounder, and yet every game she's the main scorer and she's the main rebounder. That girl is just so tough. But yeah, you lost by nine to Gonzaga back uh, in December, December 17th and clan. It's kind of like you said about the men's team. This is how I feel with the women's team. I don't think they need to beat them. In all honesty, I'd like to see them just hang in there until the final buzzer, make it a close game. Uh, even if they lose a close game to the Zags, I think they can use that fuel to make a great run in the tournament. For some reason, there's something about getting that win in the regular season. And then you're, and then, then I don't want Gonzaga to have that fuel. (laughs) You know what i mean you yeah, don't want no, Gonzaga I to have that fuel in the wcc tournament so you'd rather byu be on that side get a really close game and then uh, just just hand it to him come wcc tournament time so it's an exciting time for both teams i i love the tournament i love the wcc tournament ncaa tournament so we'll see what happens as byu women's basketball season is coming to an end we invited head coach amber whiting into the studio to share her thoughts on her very first season as head basketball coach Before the season started, we interviewed you for another podcast from BYU Radio called She Got Game, and we talked about getting this job, preparing for the season, and now you're near the end of year one. What's this first season been like for you, if you can kind of put it in a nutshell?
2: Um, At the first, I felt like I was drinking from a fire hose, like it was just a lot, Um, but then you start getting into a rhythm of how you game prep, how the girls um, play, and learning each other. And then we went on a, I think it was seven game win streak, right? Um, And I felt like the girls in that point in time, like we really learned a lot about each other and came together in a lot of hard moments during games. Um, And then as of late, we've been more inconsistent. And I feel like a lot of that is like the grind of the season as far as, you know, wear and tear on their bodies or, you know, the mental side of it, playing so many minutes and whatnot. And so... I'm just trying to make sure that we stayed locked in, locked in, and we finished strong, because that's more important. They've worked so, um, so, so hard. This, I mean, since June first, right? And so I don't want them to fall short of what their goals are. And so that's just where we're trying to stay right now in the mindset.
1: What What do you think you've learned about yourself in this first season? You have coached before. It's not like you've never coached. But this is your first time coaching you know, college basketball. What do you think you've learned about yourself and also about the process of being a, a college basketball coach?
2: Trust my gut. Like I can't, like I just, um, there's a lot of times where, I mean, there's media, there's noise, there's everything out there. And I just have to, I've learned to trust myself and trust my instincts because sometimes they're good, but if they're not, then it's me at the end of the day who has to answer for it. And if I try and rely on somebody else or something that's going on, then I'm always going to be you know wanting that moment back you know i wish i could have changed this or i wish i could change this if i would just trust myself then if it goes wrong then it is on me and i can at least look in the mirror and answer to myself
0: Mm, i love that that makes sense you mentioned that there's been a lot of up and downs this season you had a seven game winning streak and then it's been a little inconsistent but what's been your favorite part about this season so far
2: um going to battle with the the ladies that i have like they give me 110 percent. And when they don't, or when they're too tired or when they're like they aren't trying not, they aren't trying to miss shots. They aren't trying to throw the ball away. And so just being able to go to battle every single day with them. And they're the type of women that have really bought into what I want as a culture, even as of late. I mean, ch- changing little things like our study hall habits and um, things that I want see, done in practice or you know, the effort and energy that I want. Um, they just really buy into it, and they give you everything that they have. And so that's been my favorite part of getting to know them and and just being able to coach these type of women.
1: Well, other than talking to us, what's been the most difficult part about the
2: season? <laughs> Non-sleep. <laughs> oh, no. <Come> on, man. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I mean, I'm used to that. That's <laughs> a basketball season. Um, mm-hmm. Difficult part. Ooh, I think when you get out on the road and you're gone for like four days or whatever, um, staying in the ru- a routine on the road, so then everybody stays at their best. I feel like that's a difficult part, and just the managing of people—so many people—that's um, <laughs> a that's been a huge a huge thing for me to get to understand is because everybody's adults, and so I am managing a lot of people. But um, at the end of the day, like I want everybody to also enjoy their jobs, and so it's like there's a fine line between being too hard and expecting too much, and being their friend. So.
0: And speaking of managing people, you have a family and two kids that are playing basketball right now. How much is your family shared in the ups and downs of your first college basketball season with you?
2: Um, we eat, live and breathe it. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, somebody asked me because me and my husband, anytime our dates have become when we go running in the mornings together, <laughs> um, <laughs> because we don't have time. I don't have time past seven o'clock, you know, so we go running yeah. early. It's like six thirty and um, we've made it a thing now to let's not talk any hoops. Like, let's just talk about kids or about like, we're trying to build a house and, or about his job and things outside. And for a couple runs, it was pretty quiet. Um, so <laughs> we're trying to, does that make sense? Just have a balance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but my kids, they just realize like, I mean, we have family FaceTimes on Sunday nights with my son who's at Boise state. And um just getting those little moments and making time for each other like every game day there's a group text with us like on his game or my game or whatever just to make sure that we're staying connected um has been really important to my family because you got to have a base and when you have hard times and you struggle like that base is what you come back to and that base is what builds you up or you turn to when you're going through a hard time so I just really feel like they've been really good to help me and support me but also um be that base for me too.
1: Has it been difficult for you because you haven't been able to go and watch your son play basketball because you've moved down to Utah and you've got a <laughs> job now. And uh, I, I, is it been hard for you a little bit just to be able to support him from afar?
2: Um, I've gotten to probably four or five games of his because sometimes you'll play on Tuesday nights. And so it's nice for me to get down and back um, to Boise. But uh, like he played in San Diego when we played in San Diego But I was so stressed about our game and what we had going on in the game Mm -hmm. prep that my husband and my daughter went to his game and I just watched it on TV. But we always circle up, you know, like I've had because I have Synergy, so I have all his games. So we had a couple mom son film sessions on FaceTime. (laughs) (laughs) And I just I mean, it's you got it. You got it. Like we just we hold our kids accountable. And that's one thing that, you know, I'm not going to ever let slide. And so you know, and I don't see him doing 110% of what I know he can do. And that's, we're going to sit down. And so, but we've always circle up and we circle back and I haven't missed a game on TV with him playing. So.
0: That's awesome. So not only are you coaching your own girls, uh, at BYU, but you're also coaching (laughs) your own kids. You're, you're really busy right now. Your daughter Amari is going to play for you next season, but she tore her ACL and she's now recovering. How have you been able to help her out with all of that?
2: Um, I probably haven't been the best help I Trent has been like when she first tore and she had therapy every day or it was going to what he took her to everything. Cause she couldn't drive cause it was on her right knee. And, um, and she, but he has been that rock for her. I do know. And there's been times where I've slipped away to watch her do the underwater, underwater treadmill or to watch her do therapy or whatnot. Um, but now she's with us, um, this semester and she's with our strength and conditioning guy and our trainer. And she, um, is in the gym and just like having her, I don't know, like her voice in the gym, like because she's really loud and she, you know, what she does, and <laughs> she brings kind of um a light to what we're doing, and so just having her support there helps me. But then on the flip side, like after practice, I can stay and rebound for or, you know, put her through a dribbling drill or whatnot as she's progressing. Um, It's been nice for her and I, but we also try and make the time outside of practice because I don't ever see her unless I make time outside of practice. And so Mm -hmm. um, but she's it's been fun to have her around just a little bit that she is there. And um, just to see her working and progressing has been really good to see too
1: because she's already enrolled here at byu right? yep she
2: started in january
1: yeah let's let's talk about some of the players on your team right now lauren gustin she's just been a workhorse <laughs> for you this year leading scorer, rebounder how is how has she handled being the main woman this year
2: um i think she's taken it on but she's grown and prospered in it and um I just feel like every game when she goes out there, she's that motor that doesn't quit. And so I I guess I expect it from her now, right? And so there's some games where she's been a little bit not as like, I don't know how you say it, like inserting her will as much as I would like. And so I've had to jump her a couple times, but I very rarely have to do that with her because she just goes and gets it done. And she knows her job and she just does it night in and night out. And she's been really reliable for us. And I know when we, you know, we have a scoring drought or whatever, there's three or four plays I can call that we can go inside to her and it just gets us going.
0: Is is this something that towards the beginning you're like, okay, Lauren, we, we need you to do A, B and C, like this kind of falls on your shoulders or has she taken that on herself?
2: Um, I talked to her about how much she does need to lead us. Um, And when I talked to her, it was more like early on in the season, it was more like from the vocal point and um, and be, like the example point of being that hard worker, right? But as games have started and progressed, like she has surpassed my expectations for her. Um, and to the point where it's not, she's like a cheat code down there. It's not fair sometimes to have her in there and doing that. But I, I wouldn't want to play against her, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's got one more year left. Are you hoping she returns for her senior season? Has she talked about leaving it all,
2: um, we've talked a little bit about it. I have tried to keep them um, be to be where their feet are, right? But you also talk, you also look to the future. And I've just expressed to her so um, a lot of times of just how much we need her, how big she's going to be, and to be going into the Big Twelve—that's a different challenge yeah. in, in and of itself. And just to be able to go take that on and have fun yeah. with it. And um, I f- I have I mean I'm hoping and praying that she wants to stay and come back, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see what Lauren Guskin could do in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Let's talk about Nani Falatea. She went from being a bench player to being your main ball handler. How has she improved the season has progressed?
2: Um, she's really improved with her she's always had really good court vision, but then her decision making has improved a lot and being able to sometimes in games early on. Um, the experience, like the young experience would show itself. And so now I'm like, Nani, you got to go get the ball. We got to go through you. And so now she's realizing that and taking that on more and more and not letting teams like if they're going to press us, just, you know, give it up to somebody else and run down the court, come back and get it. And we work through you. And so it's been a good, it's been really good for Nani to grow this year and I've seen huge places of her growth, not just in scoring, in a lot of places. And so that's been really good to see.
1: You preached defense before the season even started. Has your team bought into your defensive philosophy?
2: I think so, for a long time. and that, I mean, that seven-period stretch, we kept teams we are always under their scoring averages, right? And so there's two or three games, I think, that come to mind that I wish I could take back and defensively when we weren't there. And so when we go back to practice that on Monday or the next day, that's what we dial back down to and play hard, tough-nosed defense. Because if you don't play hard in practice, it's not coming out in games.
0: Your regular season comes to a point against Gonzaga. What do you think your team needs to focus on going into that last scheduled conference game?
2: Um, Well, it's senior night. And, I mean, emotions are going to be there. But also I just want them to take one game at a time um, and – one possession at a time, you know, one quarter at a time. Like I just try and simplify it so that we can give 110% of what we're doing right right then and there. I don't want them looking towards the WCC tournament. I don't want them looking towards anything. I just want them focusing on that one game. And I feel like we have – we match up really well with Gonzaga and the way we played them there gives me a lot of hope for how we can play at home with them.
0: My last question for you is I want to know what has been the number one improvement made by your team – from the start of the season up to this point, looking back on the regular season,
2: ooh, I would say the chemistry—they um, love each other off the court, they really do. But they've never played together on the court in high-pressure situations, and so the chemistry will come when they can turn in and look to each other and how and lift each other up. And so I would believe the chemistry for sure has came on court.
0: We're here with BYU Women's Head Basketball Coach Amber Whiting. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you got a really, really busy schedule. So uh, good luck um, on the rest of the season and, and heading into the tournament.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Coming up, Women's Golf's Alicia Mateo joins us to chat about the spring season and where to practice golf where there is literally four feet of snow outside. This is Cougar Tailgate. For Alicia May Mateo has been on a roll in her senior season after taking first at the University of Miami in the fall part of the season. She's finished third and sixth so far in the spring season. Alicia came on with us to tell us how she prepares for tournaments when there's so much snow outside. So where have you been practicing prior to the spring season? Because obviously here in Provo, Utah, it's a lot of snow. So during the mm-hmm. spring, where do you guys practice?
3: Yeah. So every weekend we go down to St. George. So we um, leave Friday morning, early Friday morning, come back Saturday night, um, MLK weekend. We were there from, we went to Vegas from Friday to Monday. So that was nice. And then we practiced in the IPF two days a week, um, the indoor practice facility, as most people know. And then um, the other two days we practiced out at Fox Hollow. We were very fortunate to have an indoor practice practice facility over there.
0: So I'm curious, being from being from Honolulu, Hawaii, what made you want to come to BYU specifically?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, growing up, I honestly, I'm not a member of the church, so uh, I had no idea that outside of BYU-Hawaii, there was another BYU. Um, but <laughs> there were two players, um, golfers from Hawaii, about three, four years older than me, Spencer Dunaway and Rose Huang. Uh, They both committed to BYU when I was, I believe, a freshman. Um, And I knew they were really great players, really great people, um, uh, very smart. So I knew that they would go to a good school. Um, And once they committed there, I was like, hey, I got to look at BYU. Like, how are they attracting Rose and Spencer? So um, I guess them committing to BYU was my first exposure to the school. And then after doing some research, seeing how amazing the program was and the academics, specifically the business school. Um, that's what really, I guess, propelled me to look more and, and to talk to Coach Carey.
1: But did you ever think to yourself, wait, why do I want to go there? I mean, and, and here's, what <laughs> I, here's what I mean by that. It, as I said, it's it's beautiful in Honolulu. You can golf mm-hmm. year round there when you come to Provo, I mean, you're coming and the, the mountains are beautiful and you're probably coming in the spring and summer and you're like, yeah, it's really nice here. And then the snow falls and you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to be here, especially this winter uh, for how cold it is. So did you ever have like second thoughts? Like, eh, maybe I shouldn't have come here just because yikes, it's cold.
3: No, honestly, I, like you said, growing up year round, it's sun, beautiful all the time. So getting to experience winter was really exciting for me. Um, my freshman year, 2018, 2019, that winter, I think was like one of the coldest that was when like it snowed in Hawaii, like on Maui. So like, it was crazy all over the world. Um, but after that, like the, the three years in between was not bad. So I think I did okay with the winter.
0: (laughs) Well, throughout your career, what do you feel like has been the key to being a successful golfer? What have you figured out during your collegiate career?
3: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think the, for me, at least the biggest thing that helped me push past and get better was kind of the confidence aspect of it, Um, knowing that I am good enough and that I am able to play well and um, just reaffirm with yourself that you are good. And even if you do have a bad day, like it's just a bad day, you're able to fight back um, so I think the biggest thing was the mental hurdle. Um, and I think that's something that obviously all athletes and all golfers, especially, um, can work on. I mean, golf is such a mental game. Um, you're out there, at least for us from sunup till sundown to play 36 goals. You're kind of left with your thoughts most of the time and, um, I think just learning how to control your mind and to stay calm throughout everything is the biggest thing.
1: You seem to have controlled your mind uh, back in 2021. You were the WCC women's golfer of the year. How, how do, how does that accolade compare with when you finish like first in a tournament like you did in Miami? (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, I, that was, I think going into that season, I did, one of my goals was to be player of the year and to be able to achieve that was, was really fun. And I honestly think, didn't think that I was going to do it. Coach was like, I think you're going to be player of the year. And I was like, I don't know. Um, But yeah, that was really exciting. But I think to win, especially after having the worst tournament of my career at BYU, that was, that was something different. That was a lot more exciting, knowing that I was able to battle back after being at such a low point in how I was playing.
0: So much mental, so much of a mental aspect to the game as well. You're not, you're not just a fantastic golfer. You're also a very, very smart woman. If anyone (laughs) is wondering how smart she is, go look at her BYU bio page and you'll see all of her accomplishments. You're currently working on your master's degree in business. Mm -hmm. Is that right?
3: Uh, In accounting. Yeah.
0: In accounting. What okay, yeah. so what's that like being an athlete and then also working on your master's degree at the same time? Yeah.
3: Um, it honestly, getting my in this period of getting my master's um, is a lot easier than when I was in the junior core of the accounting program at BYU. Um, I don't know if most people know, but um, BYU's accounting program is always goes from like second to third in the nation year after year. And that junior year is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so after being able to get through that, um, it's not so hard. Um, less, wow. less things to do every day. And um, yeah, there are a handful of athletes in the accounting program. So it's really nice having um, other student athletes who kind of know what we go through every day. And so having them uh, has really helped.
1: What are your golfing ambitions after you graduate? Or maybe I should say, what are your business ambitions after you graduate? Are you you hoping to meld them into one? Or are you hoping to turn pro and play some uh, pro golf uh, for a little while?
3: Yeah, that's a good question that I keep asking myself um, quite frequently for the past couple of years. Um, In the beginning, I really was adamant that I was not going to play professional golf. It just wasn't for me, not the lifestyle I wanted. But um, I don't know. I think... As of now, I might um, pursue Q School and uh, try to make it on tour, see how that goes. Um, but at this point, I do have an offer to work um, at a accounting advisory consulting firm starting in late August. So that's kind of the plan as of now.
1: I have one quick final question for you, Alicia. You mentioned yeah. how you weren't sure that you that professional golf was the lifestyle that you wanted. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you say that? Because some yeah, people, some people might say, "I'd love to be a professional golfer." You know, I'd l- <laughs> I'd love to play the sport that I love so much. But you're really putting some time and thought into this, and you're trying to figure out, well, w- what is it that I really want?
3: Yeah, um, I think having seen uh, quite a bunch of people go through that professional route, try to make it on tour. Um, that's not something that you see growing up and it's not something that you imagine what being a professional is like. People don't really understand the level of dedication, um, time and money it takes to make it on tour. I mean, a lot of these girls uh, out on the Epson tour and other tours, they spend more than I think um, three quarters of the year on the road. Um, they they drive to every tournament, um, you spend a lot of money on hotels, just entering into the tournaments, um, and all your other costs on top of that. So yeah, just being able to see what other women have gone through, in trying to make it on tour, uh, it, it just gave me a different perspective. And um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. But just taking all my options and all the things into consideration you know
0: absolutely i think that's a a lot of things that none of us would think about because we haven't experienced that before so anybody experience it so absolutely makes sense we're here with senior alicia may mateo from the women's golf team alicia thank you so much for coming on with us we're super excited for you to continue your success in the spring season
3: yeah thanks so much thanks for having me guys
0: And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Amber Whiting and Alicia Mateo for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.